You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. everyone to another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Poulos, and today I had the awesome opportunity to sit down and chat with Dr. Gregory Dale. Dr. Dale is the Director of the Sports Psychology and Leadership Program for Duke Athletics. He's also Professor of Sports Psychology and Sports Ethics in Duke's Department of Health, Wellness, and Physical Education. He's written four books on leadership, coaching, parenting, and performance, and serves as a consultant to numerous athletic and corporate organizations around the world, including the World Bank, Habitat for Humanity International, IBM, and Pfizer. Dr. Dale has been featured on Good Morning America, MSNBC, and numerous national radio programs as well. He has a wealth of knowledge and experience as we cover topics ranging from the changing environment that children grow up learning sports and skills in today, and how to balance accountability and empathy, and finally, the importance of coaches intentionally developing their leaders. If you want to check out more of Dr. Dale, please visit Duke University's website or excellenceinperformance.com. I will post a link to both of those in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the conversation today. And thanks again for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast. Good morning, Dr. Gregory Dale. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Great to, great to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for taking time out of your, your what I know is a busy schedule um, to, to come on the show and, and chat with us a little bit about team captains and, and sports leadership. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're going to bounce around a lot as we as we go through, um, but I think where I would like to start off is what have been some of the biggest changes you've seen in sports over the last few years or the past decade uh, in terms of maybe changes in the way sports leadership is taught or the way that you train your athletes um, or anything like that? Well, I, I would say just the fact that we have uh, a lot more formal education programs for uh, kids and athletes in leadership positions. I would argue 10 years ago, there were very few uh, situations where people were actually spending time providing education. You get a, you get that C by your name as a captain and now you're just supposed to be, be that leader. And a lot of people don't really have the skills to do that. And uh, so I would argue the biggest change that I've seen is that we actually value it enough to provide education for that. And I would also say that, um, you know, I think deep down kids are, you know, kids are kids. There's obviously these different, you know, different, there's the millennials and the Gen Y and the Gen Z and all all these things. And yeah, there are different challenges that we have, but I find the things that have changed most are, uh, parents and technology, those are the two things that have changed dramatically and they've been impacted kids. Um, I think, you know, coaches and parents and teachers, you know, when you ask them, tell me about kids, when I say, tell me about kids today compared to us when we were kids, they'll say things like, why wow, these kids are entitled, they don't have a great work ethic, they're distracted. And I would tell you the same, our coaches and teachers said the same things about us. I mean, every generation talks about the next one in very much the same way, but 
but because of technology and parents are much more involved and are um, feel this pressure to, to fix things for their kids and to intervene and so kids don't have to struggle as much uh, we undermine their ability to be resilient and uh, and and I think undermine leadership in a way and so I, I think those things have, have absolutely changed but um, I think kids are deep down are kind of like kids have always been so to speak yeah, I would agree. It seems uh, that 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 definitely is is true throughout history that the the current generation or the the adult generation always says the same things about the the younger generations for sure. And that was kind of going to be my follow up um, was how you see that affecting leadership in sports. And um, you kind of already answered it, but is there anything specific to new challenges in developing? leaders in sports. I know you have very hands-on experience, uh, especially at Duke and the amount of athletes you see coming through, but has anything had to change in, I guess, your methods or or any of your guys's curriculum or protocols um, to kind of address any of what you see as a generational change or anything like that? Yeah. I I mean, I think, a couple things uh, uh i think uh, w- because of the way parents are parenting uh kids are growing up in a way that everything is scheduled for them and uh adults are always making decisions for them even mm-hmm. in sports everything is organized and scheduled and uh and so there's not as many pickup games or there's not as many situations where people have to take leadership roles they just things are done for them and so I would argue that they come to us here at Duke and they don't have those basic leadership skills that I think kids used to have. Uh, and again, it's not because deep down kids are different. It's just that the parenting uh, and the environment that they grow up in uh, is different. So they have a hard time <clears throat> making decisions on their own or they have a hard time. Uh, a big one is, um, uh, holding their teammates accountable. It's, it seems to me that they are much, much more interested in whether their teammates are going to be upset with them or not like them than they are about um, holding their teammates accountable. And maybe, I don't have the research to prove, to prove this, but to me it seems like it comes back a little bit to you know, everything they put out online is they're hopeful that they get a certain number of likes in order mm-hmm. for it to to be a, a really good thing. So everything is, is about people liking everything about them. And as we know that you can't always be liked. It certainly helps as the leader, but uh, that becomes the most important thing to them uh, mm. rather than trying to do what's best for the team and being willing to confront your, your teammates. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, the, the first part of what you're talking about <laughs> reminded me a lot of a, a book I just listened to. It's, it's called, um, the, the coddling of the American mind. And one of the thing the author talks about a lot is the lack of unsupervised play and recreation time that, that children have these days. Mm-hmm. And he, yep. he talks specifically about sports um, and pickup games kind of at local parks and stuff. And I, and I think that's a, a, a huge piece of what you just touched on that because the, 
the supervised adults or the supervising adults kind of are able to create those rules and kind of um, mitigate the conflict and, and be the, the people kind of um, being, coming up with the solutions for the, for the children instead of the children kind of figuring out stuff on their own. And, and, and I think I would agree with you 100% that it is really, that situation would take a lot away from kids developing their own leadership skills and, and right. resolving right. conflict on their own. Yeah, I, it's been several years ago now with my own kids and other kids in our neighborhood. I, um, they were trying to organize a baseball game, a, a pickup baseball game, and they asked if I could be pitcher for both teams. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. But you guys pick the teams and figure out the lineup. And literally 10 minutes later, they still hadn't figured out how to do that. Um, they, and these were you know, kids that were kids from eight to 12 years old. And mm-hmm. um, they, it was just amazing to me. They literally uh, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And um, uh, it was just a really telling thing for me that, wow, this is, you can tell that everything they ever do, somebody just tells them what to mm-hmm. do and they never have to really think about that. So, um, but yeah, so th- that's a, that's a, a challenge for, for kids now, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, that's not necessarily that kids themselves have changed or anything, not necessarily their values or, or principles have changed or their work ethic. It's just the, the environment that they've grown up in they haven't had to, I don't want to say they haven't had to do as much. They just have had a different focus and, and other things have been taken right. care of. Yep. For them. Yep. So I guess to, yeah, that's right. I challenge parents and coaches that, you know, we complain about these kids, but we're the ones raising them. Exactly. The ones that have developed the kids into a place where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and to go along with that, I guess it is kind of a, there's a fine line between what has changed and what hasn't changed. So uh, what are some of the, the values and principles that you preach at Duke um, when it comes to performance psychology and, and leadership training um, that really encourage leadership on, on the teams that you assist and the players you work with? Yeah, well, I do really try to um, get these guys to think about uh, what's important to them. Like a statement that I'll make, you know, uh, is um, in order for you to be a great team leader, it's important that your teammates like you. And I have them, you know, we two sides of the room, they agree or disagree. And we have some discussion around that and really trying to help them understand that, for instance, you, you can, you can have both. And it's not an either or thing. It doesn't have to be either you like me or you respect me. You can have both, but if uh, uh, if you have to sacrifice one, it has to be the like piece mm-hmm. each and every, each and every time mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you're not going to be willing to hold your teammates accountable or do what's best for the team. And you know, we here at Duke, we have great kids. They're just amazing, great kids, and they know all the right things to say to me, to their coaches, to their professors to everybody but I'm continually challenging them to be willing to speak up for what they what they believe and what's important to them 
And so in addition to thinking about what's important to them in terms of whether they uh, are liked or not, or whether they're respected or not, we really get, I, I spend a lot of time on self-awareness and really trying to help them um, understand what they value, what their purpose is uh, from a leadership standpoint, and really just trying to help them have that foundation so that it makes it easier to make the decisions they have to make or to challenge people when they're doing things that go against the values of uh, the, the program or what the, what the captain believes is important. Yeah, I think that's that self-awareness piece is, is so important to leadership. And it's one of the tenets of leadership that we teach at the captain's coach that leadership is, is a form of self-expression. And mm -hmm. to really understand, like you said, what you find important or what you really value in your own life, that'll really set you up to make the right decisions and, and decisions that are in line with who you are. And, and the more aware you become of yourself, the easier those decisions will be and, and the easier it'll be to maybe, like you said, choose the, the respect of your teammates over uh, the, either the, the friendship or, or the being popular. Um, right. You. Yeah. And really try to help them narrow down what their, what their values are and help them understand that, that those are going to come in conflict with each other. And mm. so they really have to prioritize those because there's no question that loyalty and integrity will absolutely come in co uh, conflict with each other mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And yep. we talk all the time about what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Yep. And so, so, okay. And how does the, how does some of those actions go against your, your, your value of integrity and how do you weigh that against your sense of loyalty? So uh, really trying to help them understand that that, that is going to be challenges for you. Yeah, 100%. Um, where, do you, where are you able to draw that line? Um, like you said, the, the prioritization of, of your own values and principles, that'll really drive your decision-making at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's a super important uh, a piece of leadership training that I think sometimes gets overlooked and and coaches and, and parents maybe sometimes get too caught up in the conceptual ideas and frameworks of leadership and they don't ever really stop to, to start with the individual and, and start with whatever they're working with first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, are there any special training programs or, or leadership development programs that captains at Duke specifically go through once they're selected or, or maybe specific programs that you like to put captains through? Uh, yes. Yeah. And we, uh, and I have some, some colleagues that, that I work with and, and we, um, we really pride ourselves in trying to have a pretty comprehensive leadership program here at Duke. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we do work with our, freshmen our first year helping them understand that you got to learn to lead yourself before you can lead anybody else and have to be a good follower and mm -hmm. you have to uh and we help we talk about making that transition into to college and what that's like and going from being a captain leader on your team and now you're just a small fish in a really large pond and uh you're not as smart as everybody or you're not the smartest kid in your class anymore and you're not the 
the most talented kid in your team mm-hmm. and how to how do you deal with that and making that transition and then we we do a program for our um in, in the fall we take our spring sport athletes we take uh, coaches nominate kids that are sophomores juniors and seniors who are uh, who they feel like have the potential to be leaders. They might be captains and they certainly might not, but they feel like that they have the potential to be leaders. And we take them away for a couple of days. We go um, stay in cabins where they stay in cabins together. and We mix the teams up uh, so they have different kids from different teams mm-hmm. uh, while they're with them. And then they are, they also spend time with their Duke teams, but we really take them away, take their phones away and um, uh, for a couple of days and really help and really have a very intense, fun couple of days, but really focusing on two areas of, again, self-awareness um, and then culture. Um, the self-awareness piece is, uh, again, around values and we have different ways to help them figure those things out. We also focus on brand. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, says your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. So mm-hmm. what do you want your teammates and coaches to say about you when you're not in the room from a mm-hmm. leadership standpoint and really trying to help them understand that, um, their legacy and their purpose and really trying to get them to really be some spend some reflective time on that. And then culture, helping them try to understand that, you know, the there's a great saying that culture will eat strategy for lunch every day. And mm-hmm. I would argue it will eat it for dinner and breakfast and everything else and mm-hmm. that uh, the culture of a team in part in large part is a reflection of the leadership of that program or that team. And so it's a reflection on the coaches and the kids who are in leadership positions. And so really trying to help them be very intentional on what type of culture that they want to have um going uh into that next season and then in the springtime and well in january we take all of our four fall sport athletes um we take them away and do the same thing so that's a really um it's a great time and then i in my work with the teams i have follow up with them throughout the year with that and then uh, i meet with our captains once a month where we bring them together so if you're designated captain you guys uh, we come together once a month and spend some time uh in small groups and um in, in the large group discussions about uh you know the various challenges and uh, of, of being leaders uh, of captain or captains and leaders here at duke so um those are come a couple things that we do with our with our kids here and those those all sound or both of those that you just mentioned uh, extremely comprehensive and i think that really just goes to show the importance uh, of leadership in sports and and like you said uh, pretty much everything on a team in terms of culture it, it comes back and reflects on the leaders of the team and, and that's tenant number one uh, at the captain's coaches that everything rises and falls with leadership and with the leadership um, and I think both of those are great. I've heard other programs that do similar things in terms of 
taking all the leaders or, or having coaches nominate leaders and mixing of the, the classes and then also mixing of the teams. And, and that's one of the, the cooler things I've seen. Um, and actually two of my last interviews, the, the guests have really stressed the importance of mixing captains from different sports and, and, mm-hmm. and combining uh, the different perspectives and seeing those. Cause so many sports are so, are so different. You know, you have um, team sports that may be more individual like tennis or golf or, or wrestling. And then you have your, your traditional team sports as well. Um, what do you think one of the biggest benefits uh, outside of the, the different perspective, obviously, of, of mixing those sports captains. Uh, what, what do they gain from that? Yeah, what do you think maybe the biggest advantage or, or why do you guys feel it's so important to do that? Uh, yeah, well, like you said, it, it definitely <coughs> just gives them a, gives them a, a different perspective on mm-hmm. things. And I, we also, I think it helps sometimes affirm that wow okay we, you know we're doing some things really well but also well we, we here's some things we need to change here's some mm-hmm. things that this team is a culture that is um really really solid and consistent and um and uh we we you know we we need to make some changes mm-hmm. based on that so um yeah i just think it's really really helpful get them out of their comfort zone because the easy thing is to just hang out with your own teammates and yep. you're very like-minded in a lot of ways, but to see in different perspectives is, is obviously the best part of that. Yeah. And I think that comfort zone plays a, plays a big piece because it, I, I don't want to say it causes a uh, necessarily a competition, but hearing other teams cultures may challenge your own culture. And like you said, Hey, they're doing some things that, that we could really work on. Uh, as a team or even as, as an individual captain yourself. Um, so I think those are really great. Uh, the, the retreat kind of setup that you guys continue to do year in and year out. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.